The DeFalco Files is an entertainment-based program. Some memories of certain events might be fuzzy. All opinions are that of the host. Content might not be appropriate for children and some adults. Listener discretion is advised. And remember, the truth is here. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host, Matt Michaels. Hey everybody, it's Matt Michaels here on The DeFalco Files with the owner and creator of FSW, the future stars of wrestling here in Las Vegas, Mr. Joe DeFalco. Joe, how are you doing uh, coming off of this past weekend's Future Shock? You know, just just keeping everything rolling. You know, giving some uh, some of the younger talent some opportunities, uh, and now all the focus is on uh, the Mecca, which is just a little more than a week away. So, you know, we went we're going from one extreme to the other. You know, we're bringing in the biggest names in wrestling, and then uh, we did a show last week with uh, the no names of professional wrestling that are you know hoping to someday form their own legacy I, I love how you put it the no names of professional wrestling so your main event had matt vandegriff in it how is that <laughs> well when i say future I shock i say the majority you know and again it, it was fine it was a match that they wanted and in the storyline world of fsw uh it doesn't always mesh but on a future shock, you know, there's a lot more freedom. Uh, some of the, the, which is the confusion, the guys, they're going to pick their matches. And it's like, no, it's the experienced veterans who are choosing to work this show. And if they see something they like from somebody, they, they may want to have a match with them. The younger guys, you know, still don't understand the concept of shut your mouth and right. you know open your ears and listen to what people have to say when these people have actually done something right. so you know it, it can be extremely frustrating like leading up there, there, there there's always a few of these little hiccups and oh well i want i don't care what you want to do it's like i don't know how many times i got to emphasize when you've had less than 10 matches and you come up to me to dictate something or request something, I don't want to hear your request. I request you pay your dues on time and not be one day late, let alone three weeks late. And it's like, why why can't we do this? And why can't we do this? And it's like, because that's not your job. Your job is to actually wrestle a match. And, you know, people come up, oh, how was the match? How was the match? It was like, it was okay. You know, uh, there, there was no Matt Classics on the show that it's like, oh, my goodness, you know, everybody, you got to make sure you don't miss one second of this upcoming match that happened. It, it, it's it's for experience, and it's right. it's hoping you can get through it. And nobody's expecting the best matches of the year at Future Shock, but it's the opportunities, right. and it's going in there and not fucking up and not having an abysmal match. The, if you can have a pretty decent match, that's a win. 
Yeah. You know, and it's like, you know, certain stuff I didn't see, you know, more I'm around, you know, Rocky's telling me, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. He's all yelling and screaming, walk, you know. You've had five matches. You don't walk out the front door yapping about you had a shitty match. How about you go in the back where there's nobody there? Like, understand. Like, yeah. again, how many times? You know, you don't need to let the fans know. Because all they see is some kid yelling and screaming about shit. Right. That's not what they're there for. You know, go in the back. You're frustrated. Great. You know. You get stick your head, you, stick you your head under the sink. You know, have somebody stick your head in a toilet. I don't care. But the but the whole thing too, you know, uh, which I find fascinating, and maybe fans who don't know the setup of FSW at the arena is the fact that you literally have a whole alley to go out back and, <laughs> and vent. The, go vent yeah. out there. Get the fuck away from the place and, and just, yeah. It's so that's a very good point. And I think that that's smart to take advantage of the fact that you don't have to do everything right there in the arena in front of people. Just get out, just go and, out. And again, and there, there's, a, there's TVs out there. There's one inside, yep. one outside. You know, everybody has their match, and now they got to, like, be like all the fans. You're not a fan. You don't need yeah. to be out in the arena watching a match. Right. It's like, man, understand professionalism. Like, how many times can it be said? I, I can't watch you 24-7. Yeah. And all of a sudden, there's, you know, four guys on the show that are standing there during the show well, you're taking away because somebody wants to talk to you let them watch the matches right you know i i know you i know people love the adulation of the crowd but that's what before the show and after the show is during right. the show it's the show let them watch the show right um and to be honest the um you know i was i was backstage for a little bit watching on the monitor and what is really a smart thing is the way that it's set up with all those chairs around and you know it, it allows the guys it allows the smart guys and i i know the guys who were sitting there who were watching are the smarter guys um because and then there's the dumber guys the ones that stand right in front of the tv so if you're sitting you can't see it like what the fuck is wrong with you people <laughs> Common sense, man. It's like common sense has sure lost its way over the last 20 years. Um, well, speaking of common sense, uh, hey, it was nice to see the Suavecito's back. And uh, Suavecito's got in your face a little bit. What happened? Uh, you know, that, that, that's their dream come true. They get to, they get to yap at me because I'm, I'm you know, actually, that's the, that's the part I miss the least on commentary is having to deal with everybody who has to walk by me and try to give <laughs> themselves the rub by getting in my face about how I'm holding them back. So, you know, uh, it's been a while since I've, I've held somebody back. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's, it's interesting too. Now uh, let's, let's be realistic here. I'm, I'm looking at it from the perspective of TV production, right? The honest answer is Joe DeFalco is not a character on TV. Um, so when you're doing your commentating, you're doing your commentating. 
the idea of someone calling you out for being the owner is kind of almost going against the goal of the storytelling because of the fact that you can call you out all you want, but guess what? There's no character of Joe DeFalco then to come and, you know, justify what just happened. So is that something that kind of frustrates you? Is that the logic sometimes doesn't make sense? And essentially you're, you're doing something that is really just entertaining for themselves, for the boys maybe, and maybe even make you get a chuckle out of it. But really there's no depth to what is happening when you're included as a character because you are not an actual character. Well, I guess uh, the perception is I am to these guys that, you know, because it, it is a real life situation because I am the one who puts together the shows. So right. when you hear the Suavecitos bitch about not being on shows, they don't tell you that March 4th when we had a show that they were unavailable because they had another booking. It all right. gets lumped into Joe DeFalco doesn't book us. Joe right. DeFalco books the regulators, some out-of-town guys out of Arizona over us. And right. it's like, well, we had a makeshift a couple of tag teams for this four-way that we did because the tag team was unavailable to us. Right. And it wasn't like the date was sprung upon them on February 26th that, hey, in five days we have a show. Are you guys available? No, we, we have a listing of events. And if you make yourself aware by just reading, and again, I don't know how good Danny can read English. I don't know. You know, I'm not going to say that he can or he can't. But the bottom line is it says March 4th. Now, this was probably in the beginning of February. So did they get that booking in the beginning of February? Or did they get that booking after they knew the date? And again, we've had this discussion numerous times. It's pretty simple to say, hey, Joe, we saw the date March 4th. Somebody was looking to book us. Do you have us on the show? Well, if you're my students and your priority is FSW, wouldn't you want this information? And then you could tell the other company, hey, we're finding out, you know, I will let you know for sure, but I'm going to make sure we're not net needed at the FSW show. Right. And that becomes the same issue of, well, why don't you use these guys? Well, the problem is if I need you here and we got something here, if you couldn't make this, now I probably don't need you for this. You know, right. we're trying to get things in place. And sometimes they work, obviously, and sometimes they don't. But everybody forgets when they can't make a show because they have a prior commitment. Great. Now you're available this date. And now I have to change everything around to accommodate you because you are now available to me. And it's like, well, that that's not how it works. 
when I need you, I need you. When I don't, I don't. You know, again, I got 40 guys for 24 spots. If right. somebody takes your spot here, there's a good chance they're going to be the ones working the spot there. Because I'm probably going to say, hey, I got something March 4th, and this is what we're looking to do March 18th, for example. And if you're able to make both, you probably got that booking. If you right. couldn't get there, then I didn't need you for that booking. You know, there were some things that we were trying to do, and we couldn't do it because at the last minute, uh, Sky High had a miscommunication. But they didn't tell the other company, oh, by the way, we fucked up. We're booked at FSW. It became, sorry, Joe, we fucked up, and we're going to go wrestle over in California. Well, I had some ideas and plans to do something with them that doesn't get done because of that situation. And not blaming anybody, but you know, that's great. You're going over there. They 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 won the their they won the, the company's tag team championships. So that was more important to them. And everybody's got to make the decision what's best for them. Just like I have to make the decision what's best for me. And sometimes it doesn't include you. But don't be butthurt about it. it, it it's, part of the, it's part of the business. Trying to get things right. in place. Hey, we're looking at this date. Like initially, March 4th was going to be a future shock and March 10th was going to be a high octane. But then talking to ICE and talking to Limelight and talking to the major players involved that we needed for a high octane, the fourth worked better for high octane right. and then the 10th. So March 4th became the high octane and you, you know, you saw what we were doing in, in that situation and we were able to set things in place because we made sure who we needed was available for that date. The 10th, we would have had, Far less people. You know, we knew on the 4th we weren't going to have a Matt Vandegrift or Jay Vidal to push their thing. But we knew we were going to have Danny Limelight and Slice Boogie to be able to wrestle Jacob Boston Young and Bodie. Yeah. Because, you know, our No Limits champion, he's uh, cruising New Mexico. He's cruising in Mexico uh, with some kind of uh, uh, party bus, basically, where he... He had everybody meet him down in uh, in Mexico for, you know, a little fun and frolic. So I knew in advance. So if I wanted Danny Limelight, who I also knew because uh, Dave Marquez did the United pay-per-view on the 26th, I would have my No Limits champion win the belt and not have him till April. So I had to adjust because I wanted him on the show. Um, what happens if... Uh, so here's, here's the conflict that I'm interested in. If, uh, if let's say, uh, a tag team or a singles wrestler, they're getting an opportunity to go wrestle. They know that they're getting a belt at another company. Now they have a choice between, do we stick at our home or do we, uh, you know, uh, go get the belt in another place. Like, what is that to you when those title opportunities come for, you know, your guys who have trained at your school, which is always great, but 
it could lead to that poll between do we make an FSW show or do we take advantage of what's being offered to us? Well, you know, that's, I guess it's an interesting question, but the, the bottom line is it doesn't matter to me why you're going to wrestle over there. Hopefully you're going to wrestle over there because it's a good opportunity. It becomes an issue when number one, you've accepted my booking and now you're going to take another booking on the same date. You know, we used to run into that all the time when championship wrestling from Hollywood would run. And all of a sudden, because we were doing the stuff on Sundays, so would they. And guys like L.A. Knight and Willie Mack and a Brian Cage, you know, sometimes we would lose them, even though they took our booking, because I understood that Hollywood was their, was their number one promotion and they were needed for their TV. So it was accepting. Well, it's the same thing with us. When we have our guys and somebody else has a booking and they know it's a big event like No Escape, if I can't have Ice Williams or I can't have Chris Bay at the time or whatever because they're working a a different company that supposedly isn't their priority, I expect them to be at our show. Just like the other company expected them to be at their show. Just like Jordan Cruz had to cancel on me because his main company where he trained out of Level Up had a big show that he was a major part of. Hey, Joe, uh, you want, I just want to let you know. And I get it. You really shouldn't break your bookings. But if you do it for every company, then I'm never going to use you. If you have a number, you have one company that is a major part, or if Tito and, and what was it? I think it was against all odds. And we had no Gregory Sharp and we had no Jacob Boston Young and we didn't have Dan, Danny Limelight and we couldn't use, say, the <clears throat> 1% guys. It was because New Japan was running. I understand the pecking order. I understand New Japan's a major company. So I'm not going to beef that somebody took that booking. But I'm going to beef that somebody's going to take the SoCal Wrestling Federation show on four days notice to blow us off. And it's a a Matt Vandegrift or a Damian Drake or somebody who's a, a major part of what we've done for years and I've given them tons of opportunities. Yeah, I would take that personally. Right. You know, I don't care that you're going to win the company's debut championship when they've never run before and you have no idea if they're ever going to run again. Right. You know, when guys hit me up and the ones who are, I guess you could call it the inner circle, there's, you know, 10 to 20 of them who know that they're a major part of FSW. It goes for the Mecca. And it's the same thing where, okay, we got these matches set. Now, all of a sudden, all that's left is a scramble. Okay, well, we have nine guys for that five or six-man scramble. And you don't want it to be the same exact scramble as last time. 
and you don't want to have all the same people working together and you're trying to give opportunities. But again, there's a pecking order. Right. If there's an availability for a younger guy, like say a Primo Henio or Jordan Cruz, so be it. But at this stage of the game, Jacob Boston Young is going to get that spot over Primo Henio. Because right. Jake has been here for nine years and he's an extremely talented wrestler. And the idea is to get him on. And, you know, right now he's the number one contender for the No Limit title. If Danny Limelight was available, he would have probably had a match against Danny Limelight at the Mecca. Good chance for that. But now Limelight's not there. Now he gets put into, okay, this is this is the short list of the guys we want for the Mecca, who's available. You know, what was the last scramble we did? What was the scramble before we did? You know, right. over the last two or three months, we've had five scrambles. Okay. Oh, four of the five guys have all have been in three of those four scrambles. Well, you, you want to shake it up a little bit. So as of right now, I just got confirmation. So we have four guys in the scramble match. We have Remy Marcel, we have Juicy, we have Jacob Austin Young, and we have Bodie. In most cases, Bodie's been in a lot in the pre-shows, and he's been in a scramble here and there, but it's four guys that probably haven't intertwined a lot together. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and for you, like – what is that for you in terms of putting a matchup like that together? Is it you haven't seen it before? You know, you just said it. It's it's a, a chemistry that hasn't really been um, explored before. What do you think about the guys when they go into that situation? Um, you know, how how does a guy like Remy or how does a guy like Jake, um, who have been around, you know, do they feel? that there's any sliding there that they're not, you know, maybe getting a higher profile match against, let's say a, um, you know, one of the guys who are coming in or, you know, how, how do you deal with that in terms of making that mix work without upsetting any egos? Well, you do the best you can. You know, I don't just throw it out there. I try to explain you know, what the scenario is and yeah. allow them to make the decision. I'm not going to force somebody to be in a scramble match for the fifth straight time if they don't want to be, you know, and, and scrambles are tough. You know, uh, the last one we was a little bit of a struggle. Uh, you know, Mondo got added late because uh, yeah. Gatson got hurt the night before. Uh, Juicy's plane was delayed, so by the time he got there, you know, it was 30 minutes before showtime. So, having five guys trying to get on the same page when one of them wasn't even supposed to be on the show and the other one isn't there yet, it, it made for a difficult situation, right? To where you know, you, you, you want to get everybody on the same page, and it's tough. When it comes to that, because you got five guys <clears throat> and who slighted because they feel they're not getting they're not getting to do enough. And the match 
is an undercard match. So it's they're not getting 13 minutes. They're getting eight. And it's like there's only so much you could do in eight minutes. And that's why you want the most experienced guys in there if you can because they're a little more understanding. Guys who've been with me a lot longer than somebody who's been around for six months may feel like, oh, what the fuck? This is some shit match. I don't need to be in it. And it's like, well, the smarter people are like, fuck yeah, it's the Mecca. If I'm getting on the Mecca, I want to be seen by more eyes because we know more people are going to watch it because we got John Morrison and Chris Bay and we got a killer four-way and we got Sam Adonis, Hammerstone and Kenny King. And it's like, okay, if you're a year and a half in the business, whose spot are you taking? You're better than Sam Adonis, who we don't use a lot? No. You better than John Morrison? Highly doubtful. Chris Bay's going to work. Okay. Chris Bay's our main guy. You know, he's a guy who's climbed the ladder from the humble beginnings. Hammerstone. Been there forever. Now, would I like to get Primo Henio, Devin Reno, Class, that crew on there? Sure. And there's still room for a pre-show, and what's that going to be? But I don't know yet. It's like, let's put all the eggs in the basket. You know, you got, you, you know, the scramble match, you know, we got Juicy and we got Bodie. You know, there's a dynamic there, you know, and hopefully they, they can do some good things and hopefully uh, Bodie won't get squashed by Juicy uh, from a, you know, top rope moonsault or something. You know but, what's funny, Joe? At the last show, when uh, that scramble was going on, I was standing next to Bodie, and I just happened to say to him, "Hey, man, he's your next match." <laughs> and the look on his face was like, "No, no, no, no." <laughs> so, yeah, I'd, I'd I'd love to see what happens. <laughs> right, and again, there's there's a lot of worthy participants, yeah. but it's like. Again, the talent pool is all of FSW, every single person. And now it's like, okay, talked with John. We got that with uh, Chris Bay. Okay, we got to mark that off. So that leaves seven matches. And then it's like, okay, well, uh, Gregory Sharp, he's been wanting a match with TJP. Probably texted him because that's why I'm getting a message from TJP in japan who i never get a message from like hey just so you know i'll be in the states if i heard about the mecca and it's like okay well you're gonna get tjp at the fsw rate along with he lives in vegas and i don't have to fly the guy in so his rate is better than some people's flights so of course tjp is gonna go in there what's a good match well gregory sharp who wanted that match a couple of years ago at, at one of the Meccas. And it was like, bro, it's not happening, you know? Yeah. And I remember we had the limitless tournament and Douglas James won. So that right. was the match for Douglas James. And I remember Greg was unhappy about it, but he didn't sulk. He let his feelings known that he wanted that match. And right. now two years later, when he's at the top of the game, there's no other thought of who TJP is going to work. Than Gregory Sharp. Right. And, you know, do good business. 
do things. You, you will get rewarded when you are deserving of it. Some people are not deserving of being on that show at this time. Sure. And, you know, there's also the outside guys that, hey, scramble, love to have Eli Everfly, you know, because, you know, he's going to be the crazy motherfucker. You like to have Funny Bone, who usually works the Meccas, a Brian Cage. And it's like budget-wise, you know, sometimes it just doesn't fit. Right. So, of course, you want the best of the best on the show, but you can't make the budget so far out there that it's impossible to get near it. Um, when you look at uh, Mecca so far, uh, you you know you mentioned Morrison and Bay, which obviously is going to be highly anticipated. Uh, but with some of the other matches, uh, what are you expecting? What are you looking at? Uh, I know one of the things we know now is that Viva Van is taking on uh, who again? It's uh, Johnny Robbie. Johnny Robbie. That's what I thought. I just didn't want to say it. Um, because Johnny just had a great match with Matt. Let's face it, at Future Shock. That was really, I thought, a really good match. Um, Johnny also uh, is wrestling Viva, uh, I believe, in Arizona, right? She and Viva have a little history there with uh one of the Arizona titles. Um, uh, yeah, John, Johnny actually beat Viva for it. Yeah. So uh, that's an interesting matchup. When you look at those two, what kind of drew you to putting those two together? Um, you know, are you impressed what you've seen out of jo Johnny over the last, you know, year or so when you've been able to use her? Well, when you think of the, the Mecca, especially, it, it, it's, it's trying to get those buzz matches, trying to get people that there's there's variety for everybody. And sometimes we're lacking that because I'm more geared toward trying to get a national name, trying to get the Davy right. Richards of the world. And it's like, I'll be honest, I, there was numerous girls we had spoken with. And... Sure. Uh, I've wanted to do Viva Van versus Alley Catch. And by the time everything, the dust was settled, she was not available. So it's like, okay, well, let, let's pencil her in. Hopefully, AEW weekend. Uh, she'll already be here with GCW. You know, we got, we got some good news that Rampage won't be filming on Friday. So now... We had issues of finding a venue for the Saturday, and I talked with Brett at GCW, and now Friday night is a good night because there's nothing going on in terms of the GCW. Right. I mean, uh, for the AEW. For AEW, right. So now all they have going on is Wednesday. They'll have the Saturday. So Wednesday's gone. It doesn't matter. We weren't going to do anything Tuesday. So Wednesday they do Dynamite. Now, Thursday, we have set up for the Future Legends uh, tournament. Nothing's going on in AEW, so we got a clear path. And then right. we're also talking about what we can do late night Thursday at the FSW Arena, because that's where the Future Legends tournament's going to be held. Now, right. you know, I've talked with Brett. You know, actually, after the podcast, I got to go to the Nugget. And we've held 
that Friday, which I guess I'm glad uh, Brett asked me to hold the Friday because that was available. Now they're looking at doing the Friday night. Well, they're, they're looking to also, because of the cost, try to bring another partner in. And he said there's other companies that want to come in. So probably lock up the Fridays. So we do two shows on Friday. Then Saturday, we already have, you know, the Observer, Dave Meltzer, and Brian Alvarez. They'll be at the FSW Arena uh, for that Saturday morning at 10 o'clock for their Q&A, which did pretty well last year. Uh, Ed in San Antonio is going to run his women's show at 12 noon. You know, he had asked me to help him out. So, you know, the card's going to feature already Viva Van, Maz, Rochelle, uh, Milo, uh, Rochelle Riveter, and Alice Blair. And, you know, you know, that's Ed's Ed uses his tax money. We like to joke for that one <laughs> women's show because the Observer have their uh, convention type thing uh, on, on AEW weekend. So I'm sure he's going to probably try to bring in like the bigger names, Miranda Alizé, Christy Janes, all the ones he's used in the past to get that going. So now with the Fan Fest going on, let's just say it's from like last year, two to six or whatever. It kind of really imploded Sammy Callahan's revolver show because the fan fest, you know, if you're paying 40, 50 bucks just to get in the door, not counting autographs, you're not leaving early. So right. it kind of affected everything. And Saturday night was, you know, now the free night. And that's when GCW took advantage and had a packed house. Well, right. now with GCW most likely running Friday night. Now it opens the door for the FSW GCW two show, which could be Saturday night or it could be Sunday afternoon at 12 noon. Like we did SummerSlam weekend when we did the first FSW GCW show. Right. So Saturday is going to have two shows early and probably two shows late. You know, there's a good chance, you know, it's like, hey, Joey Janela, you want to do like a midnight show, a right. spring break type show. Uh, hey, Effie, what about Sunday afternoon at noon? Maybe we do the Effie's Gay Brunch comes to Vegas. So the game plan is to do, you know, numerous things. And now if you're an AEW fan and you're coming in for four days, guess what? You got nothing to do Friday. Why wouldn't you want to come check out a cool wrestling show? Yep. Why wouldn't you check out FSW GCW on a Saturday night when there's really nothing else to do? If you're right. coming in for the fan fest, what are you going to do at night? Yeah, you can go on the strip or you can watch, you know, the best, you know, Jordan Oliver would be on the show. A commander would be on the show. Yep. Matt Vandergriff, J. Vidal, <clears throat> you know, Effie. Alley catch gonna, and make it Viva Van. Are, are we going to get a Matt Vandergriff commander match? You never know. You know, just saying. Maybe you're going to get a. Uh, you, you might get a commander versus Disco Inferno match if that's what uh, Brett from GCW wants. You know, he likes putting those crazy, weird matches. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, Joey Janela is always looking to work some '80s uh, legend. You know, is Ricky Morton going to be in town? Maybe we can get that Ricky Morton on the Lava Lounge segment this year. 
Well, you, you can always, uh, I'm, I'm sure Greg Valentine's always available, right? Greg Valentine, that, 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 that is definitely a name, you know, Sabu. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah, Sabu's always down. You know, I talked with him. D-Lo, D-Lo will probably be there doing some commentary. You know, maybe the Godfather. You haven't seen the, the God Godfather in a while. Yeah. Yeah, That's you know, good. we could do uh, the Godfather versus, say, Nick Gage. <laughs> you know, the possibilities are endless, man. I thought you liked. Uh, I thought you liked Godfather, man. <laughs> you know, it, it's an interesting. It, it would be an intriguing matchup. I, I... <laughs> you know, you got to get these marquee matchups. You know what I'm saying? It's uh, it's very important to get those buzz matches. Like I said, you know, when we're talking about Alley Catch and getting back yeah. to Johnny Robbie on the West Coast. She very quickly has, has gotten a good buzz. And yeah. there's reasons for that. She works hard, easy to deal with. You know, she's talented. And yeah. those are the people that you, you want on board. And it was like, hey, uh, it's a future shock. It's a smaller show. But, you know, Matt's going to be on it. You interested? Oh, I'll be there. You know, people want matches. You know, it's funny when you go on the Facebook and everybody's crying and, oh, you need to you know your worth and you need to work for this and you need to do that. It's like everybody's their own individual and yeah. their goals don't have to align with a disgruntled person who's been in the business 10 years and thinks somebody should make X amount of dollars. And, yeah. you know, I, I see so many people out there oh i can't believe you do this and i can't believe you do that and you know we've all joked about you know dave marquez and his exposure bucks as he likes to call them you know right and the thing is you're gonna work for a lot less you know i remember the days when tito when we would talk and he'd barely get paid to go there but he lived there it was for tv and you know he wasn't really getting paid but now that Tito's made it and they do the United wrestling shows, you know, he gets paid. Yeah. And, you know, you, you can't beat exposure sometimes. And as I always like to say, I, I'm not going to, I don't pay the best. I, I'm a hundred percent honest with the person and the people that are involved. You know, I've gotten people out of nowhere, like, yeah, I'll come down and stuff, you know, uh, you know, if you could swing, this and it's like uh no that's not what i pay on the uh, uh on a school show like i don't even know who you are and i'm gonna pay you more than i'm gonna pay hammerstone like like get the fuck out of here it's like you know and and i'm i get hit up from you know guys with no matches to guys i can't believe are hitting me up to want to work a show because yeah. it's like hey you know that's on my bucket list. You know, that, that makes me feel good when you hear it. And again, sometimes people are blowing smoke, but I also know a lot of people aren't. There's guys that are really good. If I reach out to, Oh yeah, man, you know, it's on my radar. It's something I really wanted to do. And then I tell them the pay and they're not like, Oh no, fuck you. I ain't working for that. Who the fuck are you? You know? Right. And it's like, yeah, you know, I just want to get my foot in the door. Right. And you know, we try to give opportunities and they are limited. And, you know, I get guys hitting me up and I'm like, hey, it's no offense. But, you know, I'm going to go based on, you know, a Hammerstone recommendation or, 
a Tito a recommendation or a Remy recommendation that, hey, check this guy out. That's why we use the, the Jake Painter guy. Right. Uh, he was trained uh, Knox Pro, where, again, we're starting to use people from there because they're getting right. opportunities, whether it's Viva uh, who trained out of there. And it was the pipeline. You know, the pipeline started with Cepha. And right. Sefa got to Toa, and Toa got to other people, and you know the big Fonz guy uh, Ryan, and right. we finally got him booked because, man, you know he got to be the the stunt double for Young Rock, and he came down to our show four months ago when he wasn't getting a lot of bookings, and then right. all of a sudden he just started blowing up, big dude, you know. Yeah. Now we got him for April fourteenth, and nice. you know we're finding a spot for him to see how he works. You know, here's a dude, six, two, six, three, great shape, you know, seemingly understands, uh, the business little young, uh, Chris Bay. Uh, it's funny. So I hit up Chris the other day. I'm like, Oh, I got your boy Ryan coming in. And he goes, I don't know any Ryan. I'm like big Fonz. Oh, yeah, that's my boy, but I didn't know his name was Ryan. And it's like, yeah, it's the same when it comes to situations with me because right. that's how I was introduced to him. So, as I always say, Remy was introduced to me as Remy, so he's always Remy, even though it's 14 years later. I've never called him by his real first name. Right. And, you know, it's hard for me being a fan of Happy Days and – Henry Winkler to call somebody the big Fonz. You know what I mean? It's like to me, he's Ryan because he introduced me as Ryan. Right. And, you know, it goes and it goes for most of them. It, right. You know, and, and it's weird in some cases, you know, uh, a Damian Drake I call by his real name because he was a student who had never done anything. And right. when he progressed to the character, it became. I still call him Brett right. instead of Damien. But it's weird because his tag team partner was Spider, who was Thomas. But I, but we all call him Spider, you know. So it, it, it's weird how you how the name thing works uh, in, in the business. Yeah, well, that's and that's one of the things that um, you know goes back years and years and years. Uh, that's the thing the you know how you're introduced to someone or how someone introduces themselves to you is how you end up addressing them for the rest of your working relationship which is yeah. lacy lacy will never be zoe stark to me <laughs> right but lacy's not a real name but that's how i know right. her so that's a name that's not her real name and it's not a name she uses in wrestling but that's the name she's going to be called by by most people right which is kind of weird well, and you know that's the name her uh, her action figure is going to have too. So, if you have an action figure and it has your, you know, that's your name, you're pretty much going to be known by that name from then on from those people who don't really know you. Yeah, and if so. she ever got released, she would use the name Zoe Stark most likely because it has the name value from right. NXT. Even though you know, I would always call her Lacey. Like it's so right. weird because uh, L.A. Knight. You know, he started with us as Sean Ricker. And then, you know, for a long time. And then it was like, okay, he became Eli Drake. So Eli Drake was 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 easy. You know, Eli Drake. You know, Sean, 
whatever. And then it was like, okay, then when he got signed by NXT, they wanted he, that, that was when they were using the, the guy's initials and it would be the same right. initials. So he became Slate Randall, which I don't think anybody ever called him Slate uh, in that. And then it became LA Knight. And it's like, even to me, it was weird. Then he got it. But, but in between LA Knight and going back to LA Knight, he was Max Dupree. Like what? The motherfuckers had more names than I think, you know, any name in wrestling history. Uh, he's at like seven, I believe. But like to me, he's always Sean. You know, when I see him, that's what I would call him. And even on his, uh, you know, Facebook, you know, that's what he goes by as Ricker. Because for 10, 12 years, that's what he was. Sean Ricker. Yeah, right. Right. Um, you know, speaking of all these names we're talking about, and you just said Damian Drake, uh, tell us a little bit about what we're going to see now that the Unguided is back for their one night only 2023 run. 2023, one night only. Well, you know, the theory in, in, in check was, okay, so uh, we had talked with Toa, and the idea was to bring in Toa. And it was like Khan had reached out to me more than a year ago about things. And it was like, well, yeah, we're using Toa. So, you know, there might be something we could do. And getting Tito and Che in the mix. So the thought process may have been to do Tito and Che and doing the Gates of Agony. And then possibly using... Uh, Royce and Jarrell, the 1%. But then it seemed easier to go with the faction against Filthy. And it kind of opened up what we were going to do with the tag match. And it was like, well, I know they've had their issues, but in the purpose of young wrestlers getting opportunities to work good people, you know, TBD did well against Carlito and Masters, the, you know, the WWE crew. And it's like, well, Tito and Che, one of the top tag teams on the West Coast. You know, Toa and Khan, you know, they got the exposure. They're on AEW. They're the six-man tag champs with Brian Cage. This is a good match for them regardless of how they're getting along. And it was like, okay, well, we got three. I kind of like the idea of four. And where do we go with the fourth? And it's like Toa and Khan, two powerhouses. TBD and Wolves that is two more power. So where do we go on the last team? And Jay Vidal and Matt Vandegrift was a, a match that was a good possibility for the Mecca, but by getting Effie, it took Jay Vidal off the table. So in reality, we had seven matches. Matt Vandegrift's going to be on the show. Matt Vandegrift, Looks like he'll probably be in the scramble. And then I'm thinking, you know what? Damian Drake, with all the guys we got, he probably won't be on the show. You know, it it, it happens. Cody won't be on the show. It's been on a lot of meccas. Again, it's not, you know, it, it's placement. It's what's going to work with the dynamic of moving this guy here and that guy there. You know, last time Royce and Jarrell missed the flight, we had to change the match around. Cody ended up going into a scramble. Instead of teaming up with uh, Bateman 
and Funny Bone in the sixth man. And we pulled Limelight, who worked double duty, because you got to change on the fly. You got to figure out what's best. So my thinking was, well, we got these three powerhouse tag teams. Who's the best tag team that we could bring in that is kind of the polar opposite of the other three teams? Fast-paced, exciting. They're flying all over the place. And I'm like, why am I going to makeshift the tag team when I have that tag team right here in FSW, even though they're not a tag team right now? So I hit up Matt. I said, hey, I got this idea, blah, 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 blah. And he loved it. So hit up Damian Drake, and there we have it. And now the unguided, who, again, a lot of people felt that they ended their reign way earlier than fans would have hoped, uh, and, and that was all due to injury. So I think that those guys understand that their singles careers are first and foremost, but – they're not gonna. They're not gonna not take advantage of a good opportunity. Uh, I know when they had broken up and GCW was running the LA fights, they had them both on the card. They didn't want. They didn't have two singles matches, but they had the opportunity. I'm not sure who the other guy was. One was Little Cholo, and the Unguided wrestled on LA fights together because. They did have that buzz uh, from other companies that the unguided were seen as uh, something special. So if I don't have room for both of you, but I want you guys on the show, you know, sometimes doing that tag is, is nice to be able to fall back on. And right. and now they're in a marquee matchup. Um, does that... Does that reflect the um, the chance that you know they get because of the fact that you know they've been doing such great things, both of them for for years now for you, and they get in a mix with a Ring of Honor tag team champion uh, tag team uh, Tito and Che, who are two of the best wrestlers out there today and tbd who you know uh, you know they've, they've come up through the system as well uh obviously matt and uh damian know tbd um but we've also seen tbds having problems between their you know communication uh lately so does that actually give you a little bit of um not only experience for these guys wrestling some some great talent, but also a little bit of possible story because we really don't know where TBD's minds are. Yes and no. It, it, again, it's if these guys aren't on the same page, and you know, I haven't conversated with both of those guys. We've saw the video. You know, Shogun had to go at it alone because Hero wanted that singles match that was pretty much an open challenge and he took it and he ended up getting hurt in it. Yeah. I don't see hero not wanting to make it work. Just, you know, teams have up and downs. Not everybody's going to go. Nobody's going to go along and, and win every match. And, but the situation is you want to be on the Mecca or do you want want to be on the Mecca? Uh, you know, 
there's a lot of people who don't like people, but if their only opportunity was they were forced, if Jay Vidal and Matt Vandergriff right now weren't going to be on the Mecca and I had a spot and I was going to do say, Hey, I'm going to do a lethal lottery type tag match. And you know what? You guys are really good. So even though you don't like each other, I'm going to put you in the match. I'm pretty sure they're not going to not take a booking because they don't like somebody. Yeah. You know, if, if the situation arises where they don't have to, a lot of teams wouldn't, but if it's like, Hey, this is a great opportunity. You know, I'm pretty sure uh, people's mindset are different where, Hey, Jay Vidal and Matt Vandegrift, I got a match on future shock against the Suavecitos or the regulators. I'm pretty sure they'd be like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll pass. But if it's like, hey, we got this big tag match with guys who's worked New Japan, Ring of Honor, all over the place, I'm going to be like, fuck yeah, that, that, that's it? You have nothing else for me, Joe? No, this is all I got. I'm pretty sure they're both going to be like, ah, fuck it. You know, and then they probably right. would go in and try not to tag each other. But I guarantee you they're going to they're gonna try to go out there. You know, Matt Vandegriff, he says, I'm going to go out and steal the show. So he doesn't care if Damian Drake's involved or not. That's his goal. If he was in the scramble, right. he was going to try to steal the show. He was going to want people to talk about him. And now what we do in at this, it's like, okay, he gets to work with somebody who they got great chemistry together. And, you know, reunions are a fun thing. You know, right. when when the Shield went back together, everybody's excited because they weren't together anymore. And sometimes you catch magic in the bottle. And with everything that's going on, hey, there's a lot of shows. Why? Yeah. why you know, we, we saw the Reno scum where Thornstow did a lot of stuff on the singles. But, you know, if you wanted to book the team, it was the team. But right. they took as many bookings as they can, and sometimes it became single stuff. Not a problem. It's hard. You know, there's not – there's only so many tag team matches you could have on a show. So, you know, we've seen it where Ricky got a, a match in a, in a scramble because there wasn't a tag match. Or even Danny got in a, in a scramble match because there wasn't a spot for – a tag team you you have to be able to adapt and you have to be able because your partner's not always going to be there for you and generally tag teams are put together one way or the other either right. i say hey i need a tag team and i'm pretty sure that's what happened with the suavecitos like i can look back but it was like hey you know they they, they kind of meshed they kind of got along uh together they were friendly they hung out try to put them together Hammerstone and Graves, they were driving up together all the time. They weren't a tag team. They cared about being single stars, but they made right. the tag team work. Royce and Jarrell, two guys that drove up separately, didn't even really know each other, probably even have anybody's number. And they drove by themselves. Hey, guys, you know, you guys are kind of floundering. I got random spots here and there for you. I got five tag teams going to China. I think we could make something work. I got this idea. And they didn't just say yes. They said yes. And now all of a sudden they became travel partners, gym partners. And within, you know, eight months, they were talked about as one of the top tag teams on the West Coast. So it's up to you to get the job done. If Matt Vandegrift and Damian Drake, I say, hey, you know what? We need some tag teams. 
you guys need to work as a tag team. I highly doubt Matt's going to be like, fuck you, Joe. I'm not going to work the shows anymore. Right. So uh, it's like any opportunity you get, you got to take advantage of it no matter what it is. Right. Uh, other uh, matches on the show, uh, of course, the Vegas Bad Boys are kind of looking forward to Effie versus uh, Jay Vidal. Yeah, you know, uh, Jay Vidal has made a splash over the last couple of years. He's gotten to work a couple of uh, uh, the Effie's Gay Brunch. He'll be actually doing it uh, right after Mecca because uh, the week after is Mania Week in L.A. Right. And Jay Vidal right. will be on the show. And it's definitely what we would call one of those buzz matches. You know, Effie's got a lot of buzz, man. And he's his buzz is totally different than a John Morrison buzz, where John's more the mainstream guy. Well, you know, we saw with Effie, he's a guy that he really reaches that underground, independent crowd that over the last couple of years, because of GCW, has really taken off. So Effie's a guy... When AEW is in town, there's going to be a lot of people who are totally aware of Effie and GCW is running shows. So in May, he's going to be a major part of everything we're doing. And we're hoping that a lot of the people who go to the Jimmy Lloyd show or the FSW GCW show or a couple of years ago when we did Changing the Game and GCW was in town and we did Jordan Oliver versus Hammerstone, that those fans who may not come that often to an FSW arena show uh, will, especially now that it's the nugget, it's a big show that they're going to want to come out and see Effie and the AEW crowd who wants to see the gates of agony and the new Japan guys who on new Japan strong and even on regular new Japan shows, seeing a Tito Escondido and saying, Oh yeah, I remember that dude seven years ago in FSW. He was always good, man. It's great to see how he's taken off and now how him and Che look like a million bucks. And, you know, the, the, the talent level, Jacob Boston Young, he's working New Japan strong. Gregory Sharp, TJP, he's been in Japan pretty much nine months out of the year. You know, a big match up there. Like I said, uh, finally, two-time tag team champions, Royce and Jarrell teaming up with uh, Tom Lawler. So they are a tight-fit unit who've been doing a lot of things together, taking on the homegrown faction who do everything together. So it's a great matchup uh, in, in, in that circumstance. Yeah. Where, you know, faction warfare, three-on-three, three, Johnny Robbie and, and Viva Van for the women's title. So... You know, the scramble match, as I said, you know, we got Juicy, we got Remy, we got Bodie, and we got Jacob Boston Young. And and there's most likely at least one spot, maybe two, uh, for the final spot in the scramble. Then, you know, we're going to have a pre-show match, and it's going to hopefully be a great match. Where are we going with it? What are we doing with it? I know we are about 10 days away, nine days away, whatever, when this airs. But the idea is to give opportunities to people who over the last year have kind of earned those opportunities. Yeah. I'm not going to bring in a Brandon Gatson or an Eli Everfly to work a pre-show match in most cases, but 
it's a good opportunity for the rising stars. You know, we like to call Future Shock the future, future stars of wrestling. But if you look at our talent base, you know, the Nick Xanders, Brett the Threat, Sky Highs, the, those are the future, future stars of FSW. Right. You know, even, even though they are mainstays and they're there, they are not at the level of the Hammerstones and the Chris Bays and the guys who've been doing it for 10 years. Right. So, you know, in their eyes, they're ready. In their eyes, those are the ones that are probably going to be the most disgruntled and disappointed sure. because not for nothing that that's the locker room talk. You know, it, it's about getting on the Mecca. What do I got to do to get on the Mecca? You know, I hear that from a lot of people right. and it, you know, again, mixing and matching, making things are working, but it isn't because you're not good and he's good. It's what match needs to be had. And when you get that opportunity, you got to seize it. You got to go out there. Um, you know, we, we still, like you said, we're, we're out just uh, shy of two weeks right now. Um, are there any other matchups uh, off the top of your head? Um, I know we haven't really talked about all of them. We don't really have to right now because we're getting kind of close to the end. Um, what um, what would you say is, uh, out of the matches that we haven't mentioned, a match fans might be uh, kind of focused on or look forward to uh, seeing on that show? I don't know. Have, have we not announced all the matches? Oh, no, I, I know they've been announced, but um, just what we've talked about right now, is there a, a, a match that we haven't talked about that the fans might be uh, looking forward to? Well, I'm thinking we pretty much did talk about every match on the card. We got Morrison and, and Bay. We got Sharp and TJP. We got the six-man with uh, Team Filthy. Uh, we got the four-way tag. That's match. That's four. Uh, we got Jay Vidal. I didn't mention that yet, right? That would be match. That would be match five. Uh, Johnny and uh, Viva Van is match six. And off the top of my head, the uh, the scramble obviously would okay. be match seven. Uh, again, I guess I should look at the the flyer to see if I'm actually missing something because I think that's it, right? Uh, Why do I feel like well, there, there would be one more match, I would guess. Oh, Adonis, <laughs> Hammerstone, and uh, oh, Kenny King. So those that's are the eight matches on the show. And there's so far, there, there, there's, a, there's one more spot available, possibly two. And then, of course, it's the Mecca, so we will have a pre-show that, you know, there's a combination of guys. Do You know, do I want to do the uh, New Japan eight-man tag uh, going into it? Do I want to do a, a spotlight singles match? I'll be honest, I'm not even sure. It's, you know, but I want to make sure it's somebody who's around and helps. It's somebody who's a main person on our card to begin with. You know, I'm not going to give the opportunity to Jeffrey Excellence because he's a good dude. Yeah. 
Right. You, know, you, you want, you know, you have guys that, as I said, you know, Xander, Brett the Threat, Sky High, Regulators, Suavecitos, Ricky Tenacious, uh, you know, the list goes on and on. Uh, if it's a six-man tag, Braxton's going to be on the outside. Maybe, you know, he wants to, you know, he, he's always itching for more opportunities. Yeah. Uh, you know, speaking of uh, what's uh, what's going on with the, the faction and Mecca? What do you mean what's going on with the faction and Mecca? Uh, are, are they uh, on Mecca? They're wrestling Team Filthy. Oh, Team Filthy. That's right. I'm so sorry. Hello, McFly. Yeah, I know. I because I'm I'm seeing it in my head. I'm like I thought I saw their flyer, and that's that's right. You mentioned Team Filthy. Um, how how did you think uh, it went with the uh, the match at uh, Future Shock with the faction and uh, Sky High uh, and Jimmy Jack? I think it went as well as it could. You know, Jimmy Jack's got a lot of uh, support, but the tight fit unit figured out a way to win against sky high and Jimmy Jack. They, they've never teamed before. Uh, there was a little miscommunication at the end and, and, and that's what would cost them the match. But the idea of uh, an over baby face team like sky high, you know, wrestling in a six man, you know, they've had good, uh, a bunch of six mans. You know, and usually Bodie's been a guy who has been a part of it. Uh, but Bodie has kind of broken off a little, and and he's involved with uh, the whole scenario with Danny Limelight and the Bodega. So being with Jacob Austin Young and, you know, also I would guess you would include Matt Vandegrift because Matt's got beef with Jay Vidal and Danny Limelight. So, you know, it ain't like they were enemies. So they they should all be wanting to work together uh, to take out a limelight. You know, it's crazy how we've, we've, over the last few months, you know, we have a three-man unit with uh, the Bodega. We have the Faction. We got Team Filthy. We got class and Devin Reno together who are now trying to recruit. So, you know, it's an interesting time. You know, yeah. I, I, I've always been a fan of tag team wrestling managers and factions. And, you know, uh, I think it's good. And, you know, at this point you got somebody who has to go up against the bodega and Matt sliding in, to be a part of it with, with Bodie and J and uh, Jacob Boston young, you know, it's kind of three odd guys, but the, they're fighting the, the common, the common enemy. So, you know, that, that should be interesting scenario. It sets up singles matches, tag team matches and six man tags. So, right. you know, it, it really opens the door for a lot of stuff. As we wrap up here uh, this week, uh, what is it that uh, you kind of need to do now going forward, uh, getting ready for Mecca? Since uh, we're you know just just a little bit uh, under two weeks away, 
Uh, is there anything that you need to prioritize, anything that's still kind of loose ends that you need to tie up uh, before um, we head into Mecca week? Well, you know, it's also my job to figure out how to get asses in the seats. And, right. you know, it's always the same. It's, it's a slow climb. Uh, we've been moving those front row tickets. And then you got your regulars that are spoiled. And they're so used to, hey, save me a few seats. Oh, I need four. But it's becoming an issue when we're selling out front rows. But then all of a sudden, the day of the show, hey, I can't make it. Hey, I can't make it. And it's like, well, th those seats have been sold. It's not just that simple at opening the doors to like right. be able to move those tickets. And, you know, a show that big. You know, I, I can't allow you to, for the second or third time, now cancel on me. So, right. unfortunately, it's like you got to be a, a little more stern. Obviously, if somebody who's never had an issue and they pay and they usually pay at the door and we don't have that problem, that's not going to be the issue. Because I know when we do go to the Silverton, it's going to be a totally different ticketing issue. And 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 people who are going to want tickets can't just, you know, buy them at the door. So that's right. it's going to, the policy is going to change soon enough anyway. But at Silver Nugget, you can still get tickets at the door. And there's going to be plenty of general admission tickets, obviously, because the, the, the place seats, if we wanted to, standing room only, we could have 1,500 people in there. And, you know... Someday we, you know, we hope we ha have a crowd that big. But when it comes to the front row, there's limited seats. And that's what helps us when we have a big budget to move, you know, 90 front row. And that really, you know, knocks into knocking down that budget with the, the sponsors involved and, and all the other stuff. You know, Garth's got some people. He got 10 tickets. You know, another regular's gotten six. Another one needs five. So those are the shows where the the group of two that will see at the FSW Arena now have seven people coming. So, yeah. you know, and, and that's what makes those bigger shows important. And that's what makes making those shows as good as they can be a can't-miss show. Because, again, right. there, there is so many opportunities to do so much in Vegas that isn't even having to do with wrestling. So you got to give them something special when it's not a, a school show that it's 20 30 bucks to get in. Well, you want a front row ticket to the Mecca, it's $50. And for some yeah. people, 50 is like, holy crap. Well, Jimmy Lloyd's uh, birthday party, they were doing $60 tickets. And they didn't even yeah. fill the arena. So, but that's where they were going. And a lot of our fans were there and didn't squawk about the $60 ticket. So, you know, they, a lot of them are understanding of the fact that we charge 50 for the biggest event that we have. And we're yeah. bringing in, you know, six fly-ins and hotel rooms. So this show is extremely expensive. So we really need the support. So, right. and I'm on, I'm on the ball, man. You know, I go through PayPal's and I have a list of four or 500 email addresses of people who bought tickets. 
And right. man, it was like I hadn't updated it for just since November, say. And I was able to add a hundred new names from November to February for the last big event we had, No Escape, which was the end of January, actually. I was able to add a hundred names that I didn't have on my email list of people who bought tickets over that time period. So that's a lot of new people. So yeah. as much as people want to believe, you know, a lot of our regulars, a lot of our regulars, but there's so many people who come to the shows and it was like, Oh wow. This person's out of fucking Australia. They somehow yeah. found out about our show and they're going to be in town and they're coming and somebody from this state and somebody from that state. And obviously it's more so when we do the AEW weekends or when we used to do the ring of honor weekends, that a lot of those ticket purchases, the addresses were not from Nevada. And, right. you know, I hit them up, you know, I sent out the email a few days ago. So they had two weeks to make their plans. You know, I go on to our regulars. I go on to the regulars who used to be regulars who I, I see infrequently like, Hey, we got the Mecca. We got this happening. We got that happening. And it's like, you think, hey, well, they're on my Facebook, they're on my friends page, you know, they're, they're on the FSW fan page, but they don't pay attention to everything. And it was like, oh, you got the Mecca? Oh, that's awesome. Oh, John Morrison and Chris Bay, that should be great. And I really have to be, you know, hands on, you know, private messaging people like, hey, we got this big show. You interested? Even if it's a group message with eight or 10 of them and, you know, go through a list. It's like, I'm as old school as old school can be. You know, I have probably 10 notebooks that have any person who purchased a ticket in advance or asked for a ticket to be held for, to be a regular. I have them in 10 different books over 13 years of every person's name that purchased a ticket. So, yeah. you know, those, those are thousands of people. There's so many of those people that don't live in Vegas anymore. There's people who died. It's like, holy Christ. It's like, it, it's crazy, you know, the, the name, the database of names that are written in ink on a notebook. But that's how I started the business. And even though it may have grown, that's how I keep doing the business. Right, right wrong, indifferent. That's my way you know, spreadsheet and all this other shit. Like, you know what? It's easier. And then, you know, the day of the show, you know, I learned I would, I would, I would have a notebook, but if I would leave and Rocky would be there, nothing's in alphabetical order. It's taking them 10 minutes to find a person's name. Cause there's a list of 200 people who bought tickets. Yeah. And it, and it shows too the personability too, when you're at the door, of uh you know the people you recognize and the names that you recognize when they mention mention the names so yeah it's crazy it's like i have a good memory when it comes to that that people i'm like hey matt michaels <laughs> and it's like we've never met per se we're on facebook and there's a lot of people that they're like stunned that yeah. you know again Never to compare myself to Vince McMahon, but imagine like you're a WWE fan and Vince McMahon's like, hey, Matt, it's great to see you. You know, thanks for <laughs> buying a ticket. But that's what's made FSW 
that family oriented right you know they're not fans they're friends and right. you know I'll have a conversation with George and Jamie and and all these guys and Brandy and the ones that have been so loyal and you know that have come for so many years yeah you know some so, you know sometimes helping ruin you know storylines when you're trying to make Remy Marcel a heel and he's hugging and kissing Brandy and shaking <laughs> George's hand and hugging him and all of a sudden, the, that loyal fan base who've been with him for nine years will never boo him no matter what he does. Yeah, well, you know, that's the thing. You know, a guy like Remy, uh, you know, sometimes the guy just uh, doesn't know how to stay in a character. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, Cody's had five different versions of himself, maybe more. So, but again, it's reinventing yourself. And, you know, they have both succeeded in that. Yeah. It's yeah. stale. You know, people come back yeah. and they haven't been around for a long time. And then all of a sudden they come back and they're the same exact person. Well, it's evolving. It's making yourself different. It, it It's getting people behind you in whatever way. You know, Damian Drake has done that mercy. And, you know, sometimes yeah. I think, hey, well, you know, you, I, I think you found something here. I, I'm not sure it was necessary to change yet, yeah. you know, but I also understand you'd rather, you know, peak too early than peak too late. And right. all of a sudden it's like you're flat and you probably should have changed four months ago and you didn't. And now nobody's getting behind you. It's like, you know, in WWE, you know, I always like to bring up uh, Baron Corbin. It's like yeah. they've changed him a hundred times. And when he was over a few years back, they kind of changed him up. Same thing with, you yeah. know, Wade Barrett. Like, he was a guy, yeah. got hot with the Nexus, they changed him up. They Then he got hot again with Bad News Barrett, but for some reason they didn't want to keep it going. Yeah. Look at Bray Wyatt now. Seriously? After all this time, you don't really have anything for him? Yeah. It, it just seems like he's been back and they've done absolutely nothing. He had the one thing with, with LA Knight. And... I guess against what most people would think LA Knight really shined and I'm pretty sure he was basically put in there for Bray Wyatt to thump to right. get that momentum back and then all of a sudden oh shit people are people are digging the LA Knight catchphrases and they're getting behind them and it's it, it's a shame sometimes that uh he he was just meant to be feeder for that situation. And he came out stronger, I think, than Bray did. Yeah. Well, and if the rumors, you know, are persistent, I don't know if it will be a match per se, but there's a good chance we'll see LA Knight and Steve Austin on mics against each other in the ring at WrestleMania. So that would be um, something else. <laughs> It would be a great opportunity, win, lose, or draw. Yeah. But my thinking is, well, yeah, you just have him taking a double pin over here. He's losing over there. It's it's similar to the cross situation. It's like if you don't put people in good situations, it's hard for 
for the fans. And there's there's a grouping of people who like L.A. Knight, no doubt about it. But he right. hasn't really had an opportunity to shine, and he's gotten beat pretty much every time you've seen him on television. But remember, he got the opportunity to get tombstoned by Taker. And if he gets an opportunity to get stunned by Austin, you know, he's doing a, a hell of a job. You know? I, I guess that I guess that's great. But, you know, if he's going in there just to get stunned, how is it helping him? He get, you know, yeah, he get, oh, he got tombstone. It, for me, who, who loves the guy and he worked for us, so it's great. It was awesome. But it 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 did it hasn't helped him on the main roster. It hasn't gotten him anything else. He's still in the same position. Yeah. So True. you know, I'm trying to find the benefit. You know, I get it that you want your legends to come in and, and do things, but realistically, you're utilizing your main roster to put over somebody who's going to be on one show, not even a year. A lot of times yeah. it's one show every three years, they're going to be on a WrestleMania and we right. got to make them shine. It's like, wouldn't LA Knight get over more if he actually got over on the undertaker? It was like, Oh, just like everybody else, LA Knight just got his ass beat by the undertaker. Well, of course he did. He just got his ass beat by the maximum male models who jumped him or whatever. Instead of like, let's make sure he murders people, and then it looks like the Undertaker's going to get over on him, and he's about to hit the tombstone that everybody wants, but he gets out of there. Yeah. And I know everybody wants that big pop for the Undertaker and for Steve Austin, and it's a little different with Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is a main event guy, so getting that opportunity for Steve Austin, it's in a marquee spot. I I, I I highly doubt L.A. Knight and uh, Steve Austin are going to go on uh, at, at the end of, the, of WrestleMania. Right. And at the end of the day, hey, did you see L.A. Knight? Oh, yeah, man, he took that stunner great. Yeah, because he sells well. Awesome. Man, I can't wait to SmackDown next week when he uh, wrestles Mad Cat Moss. Well, we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, you got, you, got we'll you know, capitalize on situations. If you think okay. that there's something about LA Knight, then you need to stop right now and put him in a good situation. Don't put him in a five-way where there's a double pin and he's the one taking it. If you're trying to make him wrestle Steve Austin, why would anybody care that he wants a WrestleMania moment when he can't beat anybody? Yeah. You know, have have you know, Bray Wyatt's got a personal issue. He's got this issue. Okay, well, then take fucking Bray Wyatt out of WrestleMania and have LA Knight be the guy to do it. So now he can brag that he took Bray Wyatt out. Instead, in 2023, it's, well, Bray Wyatt won't be on the show. He's got some issues going on. And it's like, whether it's true or not, nobody believes anything that's being said anyway. So at least let's create the storyline to make it where L.A. Knight, man, he just took out the the guy who supposedly sells the most merch in, in, in WWE. And yeah. maybe Steve Austin's like, okay, hot shot, you know, you, you want your moment? Here's your moment, motherfucker, and give him a stunner. 
And it's like, oh, shit. But let L.A. Knight do something before he gets caught. So, I don't know. That's my thoughts. I'll uh, I'll put the call in to Hunter and let him know. Yeah, I'll, I'll go through. I'll call up Gabe. Yeah. <laughs> Gabe, I just had a, a thought on uh, L.A. Knight. <laughs> oh, man. Um. Uh, remember, everyone, you can get uh, FSW Network for $6.99 a month. You can see the replays here of uh, High Octane, which was uh, last week, and uh, this past weekend's uh, Future Shock, as well as all the past catalog of FSW. And Mecca will be on Fight TV, and Mecca is on the 26th, which is Sunday, and it, it starts at 5 p.m., uh, Pacific time, so eight o'clock Eastern, and uh, there will be a uh, at least one free show match, I believe, right, Joe? Yes, we, we kind of did it last time at the Mecca. I think we did two yeah. because we did like that hour or whatever pre show right. that we did. So, you know, we still got to talk with the powers that be and you know, see if we're going to want to do something for the last 30 minutes of uh, you know, to put two matches on. But definitely there will be one. There we go. Keep your eyes peeled. And uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in this week. And we'll be back again next week. And uh, maybe uh, we can uh, have a special guest uh, heading into Mecca. So we'll see. Yes, uh, hopefully. I'm, uh, you know, I talked to him a little yesterday. That spaced me out. I had a book of flight. But, yeah, I'll definitely hit him up this week and uh, see if he can make some time for us. so, yes. Yeah. So keep your eyes peeled on that, everyone. And until uh, next week, we'll see you guys then.